The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So thank you for being here. Um, It is truly a gift and a blessing to be able to sit together, you know, to have this extended period of one day, you know, from from before the sun came up until um, the whole cycle of a day to the, to the night, um, to be together, to sit in in silence, in presence, and um, your being here supports every other person who's here. So there's this wonderful mutual support. Um, This morning I introduced the theme, or one one possible theme, um, of soft sitting. Uh, What does it mean to, uh, as one of my teachers says, rather than try harder, <laughs> try softer. <laughs> you know, I think our usual way of being in the world is about a certain kind of effort that um, is intended to produce a certain result. And if it's not working, we just try harder or push harder or make more effort or uh, come up with some better technique to get what we want. And um, sooner or later in the realm of of meditation and Dharma practice, we realize that um, that doesn't quite work. You know, there's something, there's a place for technique, but it's not quite like I'm going to do this and I'm going to get that. Um, and what, what many meditators have, have discovered is the problem isn't that it doesn't work, but it almost works. <laughs> so we can spend a lot of time, you know, pushing and t- tinkering and I've almost got it and it's almost there and I got it just almost the way I want it to be and now okay I've got it no just don't change just stay like this (laughs) you know Um, so something about sitting softer softly and I think that in soft sitting, there is no gap between us and our experience. What does that mean? In soft sitting, there's no gap between us and our experience. We're not um, resisting how things are. We're not pushing for them to be different. We are not um, 
grasping for something, a little more of this, a little less of this. It's like honoring each moment. Each moment has its own value, its own purity. And so usually we sacrifice this moment for some um, hoped for future moment or some expected future moment. But to, to be so soft is to appreciate that each moment is purely and perfectly expressing our life. You know? And um, so there's no gap. It's like the contents of our mind in this moment are the teacher, the teaching, the practice. Um, And we come to peace not by emptying our mind or not by um, somehow replacing the head or the heart that we have with someone else's. But it's really about coming to peace with um, our minds as they are. And the value of a day engaged in this practice is that we get to see all of the different contours of this heart, this mind. You know, the patterns of thinking, the habits, the the memories, the fantasies, the planning, um, the moments of sweet deliciousness, of simply um, breathing, of being, of, of following the way the energy moves in the body. Um, so throughout a day, we, we get to be witness to our own life and our own humanity. And the more we see this, the more it's like, it's not so much about accomplishing something um, or fixing something, but really about um, returning to what's already here, what's always been here. And so we um, offer this kind of attention, this, um, you know, this way of making each moment sacred and uh, blessing each moment um, with our being, with our awareness. and, and what we may begin to notice is that things change. You know, sometimes it's like this and sometimes it's like that. And um, rather than being 
seduced by the content of my thoughts, you know, which we usually think are so important and so urgent and so true, so worth believing and acting on. Um, we're just observing, we're noticing, we're allowing thinking to arise and to fade away. And rather than being caught up in the content, we begin to sense into this dimension of experience that is characterized by change, by flux, by uh, inconstancy. It's like, you know, sensations in the body are moving and changing. Thoughts are coming and going. Sounds are appearing and disappearing. And, you know, this is how things are. It's, um, and so the, maybe we could say the heart of the Buddha's teaching is around this truth of impermanence, this truth of change. And how we relate to this truth, how we relate to the change, the uncertainty, um, the unpredictability of life, uh, according to the Buddha, will determine whether in this moment we will suffer or whether in this moment we will be free. Um, one of my friends describes it as a river that has no banks, no river banks. You know, it's not just like we're, we're here, we're fixed, and we can observe change, but rather you know, all there is is change. There's no place that isn't it, um, including us. So we're a part of this flow. We're a part of this, uh, of, of nature, this nature of things. And um, when we try to stand, maybe, when we try to stand apart from it and, and keep it at bay and uh, brace ourselves against something, uh, we suffer. Um, so what is it to meet the changing nature of things with some degree of uh, softness, of openness, of uh, relaxation, um, to allow ourselves to simply be part of the flow of things. Um, this, is, this is sort of this idea of no gap. There's no gap between um, who I am and this moment. And uh, so it's not so much about figuring something out but rather maybe 
this willingness to trust, this willingness to trust that um, we have the capacity to meet what arises, you know. Um, I think there's this wonderfully creative element to meditation that maybe is not so unlike um, any creative process of, of creating something from nothing, you know? And if, if you've ever had the experience of needing to write something and you've got this blank piece of paper, <laughs> you know? The wonderful thing about it is it's full of possibility. <laughs> um, but the daunting thing is there's nothing there and we don't know what's going to emerge. And if we have some fixed idea of, I need to produce something that needs to be like this, look like this, come up to this level, these standards, um, that's challenging. You know, that can create a lot of suffering. Um, So meditation is like this blank piece of paper. And um, it takes a lot of trust to put pen to page, you know, to be willing to sort of fumble around in the dark where we don't know exactly what's going to happen, what's it going to look like, how am I going to feel after this period of sitting or this period of walking? I don't know what thoughts are going to come up, what feelings, what sounds. We don't know. We don't know. And so, um, I remember watching an interview with a poet who um, later became one of my favorite writers and poets. Uh, Some of you may be familiar with uh, William Stafford, was a uh, the poet laureate of Oregon for many years, and um, he was famous for writing a poem every day. You know, and he had this ritual of waking up early, very very early in the morning, and he would lay on the sofa, <laughs> you know, and have his have his notebook, you know, before his family had awoken and before the day had started. And this was kind of his meditative process. And he was asked, what if, um, what if you're not particularly inspired that day? Or what if what you're writing, you know, you're the kind of, you know, famous poet, right? What if what you're writing isn't, isn't very good or isn't, you know, nothing's coming. And he had this great response. He said, oh, that's easy. 
I just lower my standards. <laughs> you know, and this idea that um, for the purpose of, of creating, for the purpose of blessing any activity with a meditative attention, um, standards and some idea, some fixed notion of what things should look like um, aren't that helpful, you know? Um, And rather this willingness to enter into the moment and, and, and simply enter into the flow of things and it will be the way it's gonna be. And I think what goes along with this uh, truth of change is that, um, yes, everything is changing, but um, according to the Buddha, change doesn't happen randomly. That change this world of impermanence and emptiness is part of a matrix of causes and conditions. You know, we may not understand all of the causes and conditions that, for example, have brought us together in this space today, but we can be sure that there are causes, there have been causes and conditions that brought this moment to be exactly as it is. You know, so, so what happened in the past determines how things are now. And the great freedom in this, the great uh, possibility in this, is that what happens now determines the future. So we can set in place the conditions to support how things will be in the future, you know. Um, So rather than um, trying to address the uncertainty and unpredictability of life by trying to plan and control and figure it out, our, uh, the invitation of practice is simply to take care of this moment. We take care of this moment um, because this moment determines the future, the future moment. So if you want to take care of the future, we take care of right now. We just keep taking care of right now. Um, and and what, a, what, a sim- what a much simpler way of, of being and of addressing this problem of uncertainty. Um, and to take care of this moment 
maybe one interpretation of that is to appreciate its uniqueness. Um, One of my teachers said during a retreat, um, something like, things only happen once, you know, (laughs) so pay attention. (laughs) And, you know, when, when we remember that, when we remember the, um, the uniqueness, the, the, of this particular expression of the universe and this particularity. Um, once, you know, if we miss it, we miss it. And um, it, it's when I, when I remember that, it makes me want to be here, to be present for more moments of my life. Um, there's an expression in Japanese that I believe comes out of... Uh, the tradition of tea ceremony, but is also, you know, kind of of a piece with Zen Buddhist practice. And it's this phrase, Ichigo Ichie. And, um, you know, so Ichi means one. Go means um, time. And A means meeting. So this idea of one, so literally one time, one meeting. Uh, One life, one meeting. Sometimes this is translated, uh, Suzuki Roshi translated this as, once in a lifetime, this one encounter. Once in a lifetime, this one encounter. So what is it to value each meeting, each encounter, each moment? Um, I've said this before, but I'm, I think I've become more attuned to this after I became a parent. And having young children, you know, it's like the way they change so quickly from one, you know, I'll be away for a few days and I come back and it's like, you know, it's like they, they're teenagers already. You know, I mean, they're only four, four years old and six. But, um, you know, we'll have some kind of, something's different, you know, they've more worldly in a way or... Um, and so this impulse can arise, not wanting to miss anything, not wanting to, to, you know, just wanting to savor each day, you know, each, each encounter with them. Um, There's a poem 
If we've had an experience or a close encounter with our own mortality, our own impermanence, or have been with others who have been um, in the dying process or at this, you know, at this phase of life, you know, to be told you might not live to see the spring. Can you imagine the experience of welcoming spring, encountering spring, when you didn't know if you would be here to see this blooming of life again and to think you may not see it again? You know, it gives the experience maybe an aliveness, um, a depth, a, a poignancy uh, that maybe is always there, but we, d- we don't notice. This is a book of poems by uh, Dogen, who is a uh, Japanese Buddhist monk and uh, teacher and is considered by some to be the greatest philosopher from Japan and um, he passed away in his 50s he was 54 years old and this is a this is a poem that expresses this a little bit um The year he passed away on the evening of the 15th day of the 8th lunar month, Dogen composed the following poem. I wasn't sure if I could expect to see autumn again. Gratefully, I see the full moon of this night. How is it possible for me to sleep? I wasn't sure if I could expect to see autumn again. Gratefully, I see the full moon of this night. How is it possible for me to sleep? Once we are able to take in the really perceive and accept the changing nature of things, 